0: Just three games on tap tonight in the National Hockey League. Just one, JB, in the Eastern Conference, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll get into the details of that. Also Nashville and Dallas, Minnesota and Arizona, but all in all, Wednesdays just seem to be a little quieter
1: In the National Hockey League. They just want to give Sportsnet all the attention for Wednesday night hockey, focus on the leafers. Everyone's like in isolation playing basketball. Everyone just fades out of the lane, lets them do their thing.
0: He's Justin Boren. I'm Nick Kiprios. Derek Brandeo, Artek, and a Sammy. Sammy. Back where he belongs (laughs) in the chair. I made it out of the tub, boys. I brought my rubber ducky with me. And what I'm is the, per- the, What's the percentage now on um, the overall health? Are we are we at 100? No. 90? I'd say I'm probably between
2: 70 and 80. I'm past, you know, giving you guys colds or whatever, but, like, it's just still lingering. Lingering a little bit, boys. But I'm good enough to go. I can put in the effort. So let's go here.
0: All right, before we get into the details of the Toronto and, and the Philadelphia Flyers uh, tonight, let's just uh, clean up... Uh, some ongoings around the National Hockey League, yeah, Justin. No uh how, how many cringed when they heard the release from the Anaheim Ducks saying they put Bob Murray on administrative leave pending an investigation?
1: Definitely an element of what now when you hear things. But it's going to be coming more and more. So they had a statement
0: that they said that they recently became aware of accusations of improper professional conduct. Against Bob Murray, so there is a pending investigation my guess j b is that uh they're 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 probably past an investigation if 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 they're releasing this i i I would believe that we'd probably hear something a follow up by the end of the week uh but it certainly uh it does sound like it has to do with uh perhaps uh Maybe some type of verbal abuse, something of that nature uh with the staff that's where it's been led to. That's what some people are reporting mm-hmm. and uh we'll see where it goes but i knowing a little bit about bob murray and and let's face it, he is as old school as they come, mm-hmm. and we know that there was an era prior uh that would allow. Something said that we always question as players, but we just didn't think it would go any further than that. And today, when you when you measure conduct then and now, there's some people, JB, that are just gonna say, "Nah, that's unacceptable. That's it's unprofessional, and uh, I'll have none of that." And yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. It's just it's just a different world because. Mm-hmm. In my world, you just, you just shut up and you took it. And now these guys can't get away with that anymore.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, impossible to speculate on his specific situation, you know, verbal abuse. It is, it is curious to look back at my own past and wonder, you know, what's, what was acceptable from coaches and what wasn't. You know things have changed, right? Like, is there a statute of limitations for some of these guys? I, I all I know is around the NHL, there's some, so, there's a lot of hockey guys right now going, oh God, you know, <laughs> thinking about stuff they've done. I'm sure as they should be. I think that if anything good is coming from all this, it's um, a lot of moral reckoning, a lot of people reconsidering their own actions. I, I,
0: I have, I have old school in me, but I certainly understand where we are today as a society. Uh, but there there's a fine line where I could still look at somebody and say they're just trying to motivate you they're just trying to light a fire under like under i had you. I
1: had a junior coach that used to like pin a guy against the glass with his stick like right under your throat and give him a good shout at, and you know move along and that was the end of it. but God, I think if I saw that now i don't think that would fly.
0: I tend to agree with you, and I think players are are smarter today. They're, uh, they need more than just someone to challenge you mentally. Like they're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, what with your mind. And I think the players now are like, no, that's just not enough anymore.
1: Well, it's crazy. Cause you look at what's, you know, we had a feature on Sportsnet. Uh, David Singh wrote on Mike Babcock the other day about you know, he's coaching the University of Saskatchewan and there are people who have labeled him an abuser based on some of the treatment of Johan Franzin which was, by all accounts, not very nice and manipulative and all that. I, you know, at the time you saw that happen, I, I feel like in my own career, I saw it happen from coaches to players and I was just, I, it was just the way it was. And that doesn't justify it. It's just, you know, having to recalibrate what's acceptable. And, you know, I, I tend to think you need some level of being able to yell at a guy and motivate a guy and this is not a commentary on Bob Murray because I don't know the de- details no, we, we, it's we no. of the a
0: reckoning of what we have we have no idea no. what the charge is or what the issues are there we are just speaking uh just in, in general terms now yeah. uh when it came to old school tradition of of browbeating you
1: yeah and Kipper I took it pretty good for a couple of years and I was better for it. And so I'm one of the guys, I was in an emotional position where I was able to, and the coach actually liked me. Like the, uh, I knew that the underlying nature of it was wanting me to be better and believing that there was more within me. Sometimes, you know, some people are better suited to take the kick to the ass, the, the stick, than the carrot, you know, I, I, it's just now coaches have to coach differently. You know, you don't see John Tortorella types as much, Although those types are still sought after in the NHL, right? There's still GMs who want that guy on their bench.
0: And they're still like everything that those guys have done in the past. It it ain't disappearing. It's just a matter of, are people going to bring it up now? Or is someone going to, that's what has to happen now. Is someone has to go now dig in your past and revisit all the stories and is, is is that is that where we are now? Where everybody starts? Uh, and I'm not again. This is not. This is just us generalizing. This has nothing to do with Bob Murray yeah. of, of of that. But you know, you mentioned Babcock, and of course, the Mule in in uh, Detroit went th- through some very tough times, and he pointed the finger at Babcock. Here in Toronto, I think the one of the more famous now stories during Babcock's tenure it will be. The the Mitch Marner.
1: I know. I kind of rolled my eyes uh, on that one. Like, oh, no, it's a, a list, bit mean to
0: write us, write us a list of all the guys that you think are, are, are from the hardest workers in practice to the uh, the guys yeah. that uh, are, are at the bottom of the list. And I had heard that story probably a year before it came out publicly. And a lot of it's people... Like he was
1: crummy and Babs a, knows it was crummy and he said it was crummy. and But you know, it was
0: out of the absolute horrible things to do? Like, did he try to, I don't know, find a way to just I get can, into his kitchen a little that. bit?
1: I barely care about that one. I'll be
0: Sammy, honest. when you heard that story, was that a big deal to you? I think in the context
2: of the world we live in, it was for sure. And I think, you I think know,
0: it's a crappy thing to do. But it's a
2: terrible thing to do. I, I, but. I agree that there, I think there is a but to it. And the fact that, you know, And this is can even go back to the bob murray thing like it's professional sports right and then you know it's a high high stress high sort of you know tension situation and you may not act like be thinking straight all the time saying the right thing like it's there's a lot of stress that goes into it and i mean who knows what bob murray did i mean he maybe was did something recently like i have no idea with him but with babs and and mitch Sure, he motivated him. Yeah, he, he was coached him badly, but he also played him on the top power play unit. He also t- played him on the penalty kill, played him with John Tavares, made him 11 sheets a year. Like, I wouldn't mind getting that kind of treatment from Babs. I, I don't know. I just, I, that story always rubbed me the wrong way, too, boys. But, but, but I understand in this context, in this world, it's a, tough, it's a tough one to get past.
1: The wildest thing about the David Singh feature on Mike Babcock was that Mike is. Such a, a mental health advocate, and such a you know self. Oh, no, I'm not that. that I didn't really understand. No, but but hold on. I just want to say that it, it's interesting that he still lacks the self awareness that he says. Mike, uh, you know, Mitch Marner played well for Mike Babcock. Like he'll still talk in the third person about himself, which blows my mind. Well, and yeah, it's kind of how do you ever talk kind in the third strange. person? He, he, he made seriously. a
0: real push on the mental health thing, and I just think with his. Track record. That one was a real Field tough pill out. for a, a lot of players that either he coached or people had direct knowledge of. That
2: that's Reichrot's draw stop. I'm like
0: pen, I, I I I I'm I'm confused here. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you the same guy that didn't said the things that you've said throughout your career, Just and now killing you're puppies pushing
1: and donating to the SPCA? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that that was weird to me.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, some guilt there, maybe it does seem a little bit connected anyway. We'll wait and see on the Bob Murray. We will thing. Wait and I, see. I think you and I, I won't lump you in, but I don't feel like this ends with Bob Murray working for the Anaheim ducks
0: there. Uh, I'll be shocked. Yeah. And I'll be shocked if we don't hear that by the end of the week. Right. All right. Maybe some, some better news or some good news. At least it looks like Carey price is slowly uh, getting back acclimated again uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Came out with
1: a statement yesterday, Justin. Mm-hmm. Do you have that statement with... Yeah, do you mind if I read that? Yeah, please do. Okay. Uh, Price says, over the last few years, I've uh, let myself get to a very dark place and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. Last month, I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. Things had reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both my uh, myself and for my family Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do, and it was exactly what I needed to do. I am working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With that comes some uncertainty when I will return to play. I appreciate all of the overwhelming support and well wishes. I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support and respect uh, of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery.
0: So... (sighs) I think it's uh, so far, according to Kerry, it's it's been good in terms of people respecting uh, his his privacy and his family time, and I hope that's still the case. But that is a big ask in that market in in Montreal.
1: Yeah, he's got – this is a really unique situation because you want to be the goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens and have privacy at the same time, which is a totally fair ask in his situation – um it it will take some time like you have to separate those existences i guess i it's going to be going to be a tough path back for carry to to find himself but i think having that job is you know high stress job should be motivation for him and hopefully um you know give him something to work towards on a daily basis as well as being a family man a dad a husband all those things that he aspires to be so the path ahead
0: Montreal 310 and one it's 14 games in it's not it's not I don't think we can qualify this still being early in the season but if you happen to get Carey Price in the next couple of weeks there is a chance that maybe Montreal can can slowly work their way up but where is, is that? Where is that pressure line for Carey? First of all, let's just talk Carey. Forget about how Montreal feel from an ownership or management perspective here. If you're Carey Price right now, and and you know that you're walking into a, a struggling team in that market that's three ten and one, you would you would put a lot of pressure on yourself to try to get better as well, quickly as that possible. That
1: start makes it harder because, like, if they were any better, you'd, you'd feel like you'd have more time to try to, like, save the season. Because if they're 315 and whatever in, in a week or two, what's the point in coming back this year? I, I guess just trying to reestablish your old life.
0: Would you think but that... take the time if you need it. Would you think that the Olympics would be a motivator for him? Or is, it, is he... Or is that just not in, the, in his um, wheelhouse right now in his recovery?
1: Tough to know how far... You know how deep and dark this place was for him. Like, is he just trying to find an existence to salvage his marriage again, or is this a man that you know things were off track and wanted to get them on track and wants to to get back to how things were before? Tough to predict, tough to guess. I,
2: I think it, this start for the Habs yeah. gives him the opportunity to take as much time as he needs. Like, I think. Everyone watching. this Oh, you don't hear
0: what Sammy's saying, eh? He's saying that the Montreal Canadiens are cooked. They they're are done. They are. They're absolutely
2: I cooked. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you guys have
1: watched them play. I this know year. you're they're, not wrong.
2: They like they're not going but anywhere. They, they probably don't Carey. believe that. They can't score anyway. Like it's not like Carey Price is going to be. You know, they went to the Cup sa- final
1: nine minutes ago.
2: Yeah, they with this yeah. team. <laughs>
1: You know, well, Sam, it wasn't Sam,
2: this exact team, missing Sha again yeah, and Philip to know
0: I, I got a Montreal Canadian fan on line one. He says, "Does that make you feel better about losing the last three games in the no. first round? are Are you guys even now? Are you even with the Montreal Canadian fans, no. but with that comment? No, they're done,
2: like they're done, <laughs> but guess what? I would trade if I as a Leafs fan, and I've talked to many Leafs fans in my life about this, I would trade a down year for a trip to the Stanley Cup final any day of the week. like I don't know, like I'm not guaranteeing a win. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything, but having that run that the Habs had last
0: year—that's nice. That you would trade everything in for second best.
2: Not even second best. Just a fun <laughs> summer, like a trip to the final. Have some excitement here. So, I'm getting off track here with Carey, but as far so low, buddy, I was 16 years old the last time the Leafs won a playoffs. You, I was you, in high school.
0: You'd party a, a four-game sweep, eh, of the Leafs <laughs> in a final.
1: Yeah, I would cry. Conference, if we gave you Leafs in the conference final for Kipper and I both just full punches to the face, do you take the punches? From you, not Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> smart man. Those are like man. mighty mouse punches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, a couple of muffins.
0: <laughs> a couple of muffins. All right, Toronto and Philly. Uh, the Leafs get a chance to kind of right or wrong here. A horrific night against L.A., but they're going into a... A division right now the metropolitan division where you look at it and everybody's above 500 i know in that division everyone's on pace for 110 points what a division and the flyers who we would probably consider yeah team in the mix nah. ah ah yeah. like there's I... like 20 of these Ah,
1: honestly they're like the 20th best team in the league but they
0: are life. six two and two
1: I know, that's a good start. That's wonderful. You know, the, a lot of the, the Metro Division teams haven't played each other yet, which is how it's possible to have records like that. So hopefully they, they start squaring off and we get a truer sense of which teams are what. Tough, tough to make sense of so far.
0: Well, it, we, we know it's not a weekend game. We know it's uh, not a Saturday night. It's not hockey night in Canada. So uh, maybe Sheldon Keefe can tell us the difference between getting ready for one of those games and maybe one during the week.
3: I mean, it's... It's a million-dollar question about how you how your team started. Coaches are, are going to beat themselves up over that, and sometimes players will too, just trying to figure it out. You know, uh, some days you come to the rink and you f- you feel great and you're ready to go, and and uh, others you y- you might think you're feeling great, and the puck drops and your legs are like mud. You're in mud and you can't move. So, it's uh, it's one of those things that you are trying to get right. But yeah, I I don't. Uh, I, the the players have a responsibility to have themselves prepared but it's not just on them it's my job to to influence these players and have them have them uh ready to play and and I uh, you know I hold myself accountable to that just the same so we're asking those questions Sheldon's talking about how to be a pro
1: yeah that's the essence of being a pro right
0: and once you get over that wow this is really cool this is the NHL and this is Saturday night and you got it just it's about going to work and getting that consistent mentality and that is the difference between NHL AHL right yep. there in a heartbeat you have to bring it every night and even nights he said you, you feel like you're a little stuck in the mud you have to find different ways to be noticed and that's a, that's an issue for this team
1: you know what i heard i heard a coach who wanted to say the players got to get themselves ready to play, but he didn't want to be the guy pointing fingers and saying it's on them. So he kind of walked it back with, uh, yeah, it's my job. You know, I take responsibility. But like the end of the day, if I don't care and I'm sitting in the dressing room and the coach comes in and knocks over the Gatorade cooler and swings a stick and threatens me, I'm not going to care anymore. You can't make a guy care. So to me, it's on the players. Start The start of games, it's why Babs had a problem trying to get these guys started. Keith has a, a problem trying to get them started. It's a players thing, not a coaches thing. Yeah,
0: I, 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 just going back from the the top of the show when we, we spoke, uh, the players need more than just somebody to come in and, and you're right, kick a, a Gatorade uh, can over. They, they need more, but... In saying that, there is a fine line on where a coach can go to get you ready. And the one card that I don't think he's played other than on Justin Hall (laughs) is the one with ice time or the one that can put your ass in a press box. And maybe, just maybe, JB, you know, with another potential loss tonight that you got to make somebody an example here. that it's not your birthright to play every game and it's not your birthright to play 10 or 12 minutes a night or, or 15 or 20.
1: Yeah. There's a real element of we're paying you X. And so the players know that the the team wants them out there and wants them going. Why don't we play the other Sheldon Keith clip, uh, clip just to round it out.
3: You just have to be mentally, physically ready to play the game. That's, that's really it. You know, I think I look at, you know, our game on Saturday and, you know, uh, we go into that game. We we've won four in a row going in, and despite that, our guys still have lots of urgency and play hard and competitive. It's a Saturday night against the Boston Bruins, and the guys are ready to play. And then, you know, it's a Monday night uh, against the LA Kings, and we're not. You know, that's and that's not acceptable. It's not what we want to be about as a team. We need to be prepared to play every single night, no matter the opponent, no matter the circumstance. You know, and then uh, you know now we're here playing on the road. Same thing. We need to get out and, and play and, and know that the opponent's going to be prepared and they're going to be ready. See one game you're emotionally invested mm-hmm. and against
0: LA you're not.
1: Are the flyers on a Wednesday enough? Is that going to, is that do it for you? Does that get the boys going?
0: If, if it's, if it's framed correctly,
1: that's where the coach has something from to do. Sheldon, with it, right?
0: If it's framed, if he goes in there And he says the right things based on what he saw Wednesday. He will get their attention. But it has to be smart. And it has to hit the the right note here. And Justin Hall will come in. But who's next on his way out? Let's hear Sheldon talk about Justin Hall coming back in
3: just want to see him not to overthink it, not to overdo it. Just, you know, he's a guy when he's playing well, he's he's skating offensively and defensively. He's skating, he's getting in people's way defensively, he's physical, getting plays stopped, and then moving it quickly up the ice to, to our forwards and getting us going on offense. So that's really it. Uh, do his job there, do his job on the penalty kill. I know he's excited to play here. Uh, you know, he's he's had to be on the sidelines longer than, than we thought he might, but uh, circumstances are what they are, but he gets a chance to go back in here tonight, so let's move forward. And he's happy that they got their asses kicked against L.A. is
0: Absolutely. Oh,
1: loving it in the press box. Oh, By the way, we're not blaming him. I don't no, the same no we're telling you what hockey players think. <laughs> yes.
0: You're great when I'm in the lineup. You stink when I'm not, and I hope Those you lose rules.
1: every game. Yeah. Oh, it's awful when you're sitting up there, and it's point night for the boys, 7 nothing there, hooting and hollering. The guy in your spot's got three assists.
0: The last thing Justin wants to think is, you guys don't need me anymore. No. So he, he should come in feeling like a big win tonight, and I'm the difference. I played with a guy named Bob Rouse. Remember him?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I'll, you know, a couple times it'd be a healthy scratch, and then I'd come back in, and the team would win a couple games, and then the game would be over. And he's uh, he comes up to me and goes, hey, what's our record with you in the lineup? And I'm like, I'm scratching my head. He goes, no, 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 no. That's, this is your answer. I don't know, but it's getting better all the time. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps getting better all the time. Yeah. That's your answer. That's Justin Hall's answer if they win tonight.
1: You know why I think the Leafs and uh, the NHL would really thrive with something like F1's drive to survive is because in the drive to survive, I don't know if you've seen any of these uh, F1 series. I hear they're series. fantastic. They're really, really good because they paint the drama between the teammates. Like guys, you think, oh, they're both driving for Red Bull. They hate each other, right? They want to beat each other. That's the idea. How often, particularly in an American League dressing room, y- your team will win and you see some guy sulking in a corner because he didn't get his points or some guy who didn't get to play in the final minutes of the comeback and he's miserable because you know he wasn't a part of the team win. How much there is individual motivation in a locker room, we don't get to see it. And so for Justin Hall, rooting against his own team is not a bad guy thing. It's just like, look, everyone is fighting for their individual careers. Only the really established guys get to truly care, live and die by team wins and losses. It's, I mean, they're all people of So there.
0: we assume that it, it kind of gets uh, reset here, right? We're going to keep uh, Sandin and Lilligren together tonight, aren't we?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Dermot, right? Is uh, Lilligrin's Dur- no, out? No, it's Dermot out. Dermot, Dermot out, okay. Derm- Dermot
2: and, out. And it's Lilligren, yes. uh, Sandine bottom pair. Then yeah. they're just going with the old pairings. Yeah.
0: Now that tells you everything you need to know about how they feel about Lilligren right now.
1: No kidding. It would have been really hard. I, I just saw the uh, the lines at skate the other day. I would have been surprised to take him out. Like, what's he done wrong so far? He didn't have a great last game, but give him a breath.
0: No, he didn't, but they're, they're they're now going down the path of putting a huge investment in him and taking him out would risk a little bit of a setback. So they leave him alone. And they're all in on on Lilligren and Sandin. I I still see issues defending here.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time. It's nothing nothing that's going to be new. Well, What's I just want to.
2: I just wanted to go back to the the Keith clip we were talking about, where he was talking about Hall. And the thing that stuck out to me in that is that he said that Justin's excited to play tonight. And do you think that? complacency and sort of feeling that, like, hey, I'm part of this lineup no matter what, do you think that that could have bled, yes. it, bled into his play?
0: 100%.
2: So, do you think if he goes in there tonight and he's, uh, you know, a, I don't know how Justin Hall's a world on fire. Like, he's never really... No. When he's playing his best, you're not really noticing him. So, I mean, what does he do that makes I, him I, stick I, in there?
0: I don't necessarily agree with you, Sammy. I think there was there's a few windows of last season where I saw a really good Justin Hall, including that one real convincing game against the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking we about. A,
2: we should get a sounder for that Edmonton Oilers He tape. should just watch should. that tape.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. he got credited for shutting down Connor McDavid. And he deserved credit for it because he did. Yeah. <laughs> confirmed. And then Leaf Nation went nuts. Oh, did we ever. See, oh, this, with how great he this was. this
1: team, though. Every time you're sold and you believe... They pull the rug. They're Lucy with the football to Charlie Brown. Yeah, they really are. Hunt it. It's yeah. time. This time I'm not we, gonna
2: this time. I really do feel like we've kind of been having the same conversation for six years.
1: That's why people are, you know, ah, it's 13 games. So it's not.
2: No, it's six years. Yeah. And, you know, even going back to Matthew's rookie year, like the first sort of start of this generation of lease hockey, they've done this. Doesn't matter who the coaches are on the bench, doesn't matter who's the general manager. They've had these games. Where they're just completely disengaged and they can't get up for it. And listen, like, do a lot of game, a lot of teams do that? I, I don't know. I don't watch every other team in the league do this, but like, it really does feel that this is like a Toronto Maple Leafs problem more than it is for teams in the rest of the league. All these teams come into Toronto and seem to have excellent starts. So it's
1: like, it's not impossible, right? What's encouraging is that they do it the opposite way, too. Like, just when you stop believing in them, they can go out and absolutely show you that they can do it when they want to do it. You know they can play against Tampa and Boston and, and put up a fight and be in those games. They it goes both ways. So it's you know we've you know yesterday we did this too, but they are the same team, a very good team that kind of has the same tendencies.
0: Toronto and the Flyers. Flyers are fourth in the Metro Division at six two and two. This one, guys is an important one for Jack Campbell here to rebound. Did not have a good game against LA and that one I think might have even been tough on him more so than others because it's against a team that traded him, a team that he admires including mm-hmm. the guy that was 200 feet away and Jonathan Quick here. You don't you don't want to see him now go into a bit of a mini week slump here knowing that uh, a pretty good Calgary team's waiting for you Friday night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go as he goes. You know, my expectation for him is that like I, he looks like it's not a fluke to me, like a guy who's not going to fall into some sort of uh you know, go on some terrible run. I, I believe that he's the real deal at this point. I don't know if you're fully sold on him as I am, but this this is a good spot for a bounce back. You're right. You don't want to see him start a trend in the other direction.
0: I, I like him. And I am, I'm I'm a lot more, I don't know, if sold's quite the right word, yeah. but I'm a very interested buyer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you're kicking tires. Just and then kicking some. tires. A
0: yeah. couple of more uh, uh, trial runs before you invest in maybe a, a 3 or 4 year deal but they, they, these are the this is what if you're Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan and you know he wants the big contract here this is a it's a big statement game for him in many ways coming off a mediocre if not poor performance
1: yeah well particularly cuz you think he's uh, of him as like an emotional guy you see him in the press conference saying it's he cost the team two points, and it was against his old club. Yeah, you don't want him to start getting into his own head. He certainly seems like a guy who's capable of doing that. So,
2: all right, so we're looking at this game tonight here. I'm gonna set. I'm gonna give a little gambling line for you guys. Okay, you like that? Love it. I'm gonna set the over under at uh, half a goal for the
0: bottom six tonight. <laughs> I, half a goal. I, I'll I, take I, it.
1: Will tell you. To take you it an over. over? It? No, you are think- they gonna get one? Uh,
0: Tasha's got one off his ass tonight. Because <laughs> he is on his ass a few times too many for my liking. Have we, have
1: we discussed this enough this season? This guy spends more time on the on the ice than the Zamboni. Well, and I mean he,
2: he gets smoked every game, and I'm terrified it's gonna be the last one. And that one he had against the Kings, I don't know who it was, drove him right face first into the ice and he looked like he was favoring his shoulder so it wasn't the head or whatever but like it he really has the tendency of getting nailed and i don't know if that goes back to kipper's thing about how he would love to play against him and guys just target him because they know it's it's not going to be a big issue but man he gets smoked a lot like a lot
0: i would just love to see him take a nice two game suspension on a guy
1: yeah, yes. make it clear that you oh, not to be messed with. I think it with. would go a
0: long way for him.
1: You know that junior coach I mentioned that used to be a little bit yeah. rough. His recommendation for a guy like me who was not tough was to just cross check someone in the teeth. If I'm getting run, he goes, "We'll kill it." You know, if someone's taking a run at you, just go ahead and make it clear that you're not a guy to take runs at. That's all he needs. I was not comfortable doing, you know, committing assault. But you, you, if you if
0: you did, <laughs> you you wouldn't be here right now no. on this show. I
1: was lacking. God, I wish I had that edge.
0: But he's not wrong. Yeah, and I think that there's a there's a, there's a there's an aura, or you know, there's a feeling when he's on the ice that he, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour, but I'm going to trying. I'm, I'm doing my best to go around everybody, not through anybody.
1: If you're Mitch Marner and uh, and I called you in today to rank your the the Leafs forwards by effort, where's Kasha on your list?
0: I'm okay with this. I think it's near the top. I, I'm okay. There, there's not it's an a issue. fun exercise. It's not an issue. The uh the work ethic is not an issue. I, I, I see focus out of him. I see a lot of things. What I just don't see is enough. Fu.
1: Yeah. And if,
0: you need that in this game, folks. He's probably like
1: me in that Dang, if you do that, nice. someone asks you, uh, you know, they, they, you just bring more attention and more involvement in yourself. I love the idea of ranking effort uh, around the team, but there's not really anyone you'd say doesn't give it. How about Engvall? <laughs> I knew you were going to say Engvall. Well, I was going yeah. to say Engvall, too. Well, if you look at the list, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Leafs' 12 forwards for tonight. It's like Richie's the obvious guy. wow well, yeah. Because with that, that has been a discussion. Engvall's the guy where you're like, all right, you're supposed to be an every night 100% guy. Is, is it there? I don't know.
0: It, it, it has to match other things. It's got to match some intelligence. It's got to match a feel for the game. It's got to match a... Uh, timing on the clock all of it and that's where i think engball doesn't get it sometimes and the biggest one i saw the other day is a three-on-three rush and he tries to beat a guy at the blue line and puts his line mate offside Mm -hmm. it's like how it's so simple pal chip and chase he can make two million dollars a year all day long, the way you skate, yeah. just be the first one on the puck. You don't even have to run anybody. Stop the puck. Because you're too fast. You don't have to. Running somebody means that you'll be the second guy there on the puck. You're so fast, you should be the first guy on the puck.
1: Yeah, that, that was a Zach Hyman staple. Get there first, doesn't matter if you take the hit. You know, one thing that has changed over the years in hockey is the requirement of situational awareness. Because, like, when you played Kipper... You didn't shoot at the empty net from the wrong side of the red line, did you? Well,
0: usually I'm not on the ice, but I get your point.
1: <laughs> yeah, as long as you get my point. <laughs> well, I was never out there either, I assure you. The um, But, you know, players now, they shoot at the empty net. There was more of an onus on, okay, well, we're up a goal. We're not going to dangle at the blue. And now it's like, let your guys create and hope that you get another one. and You put the game away. A lot of players now, I feel like, have been freed up to play how they prefer to play all the time. So you have less guys that I think, boy, he's thoughtful. Boy, he's situ- you know, he's aware of the situation on the ice. It, it's a rarity in a player these days. Uh,
0: it drives me nuts that uh, a guy just can't lay one up in the offensive zone without icing it or or trying for the empty net. Matthews took a shot. Uh, I'll, uh, let, I'll uh, let Austin uh, shoot uh, against, it. But this is what it leads against to. Against Boston.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It leads to people being like, "Yeah, I'm okay with that."
2: So, so another thing about the the Flyers game tonight, I was thinking in my when we were talking about this, anecdotally in my mind, the Leafs never win in Philly. That's it's a spot that they go there, and it just never turns out well. So it does,
0: Sammy. Just to your point, uh, it doesn't matter what era it is. It's an intimidating town. Sure.
2: So I went to the stat pack that's provided to us by uh, Sportsnet Stats, who do a spectacular job. And my stupid, dumb sports brain was right. Uh, they're 23, 55, 8, and 3 in oh 93 all time road games against the Flyers. So it's never been a friendly It's not, you're right. It hasn't been a friendly place to play for a lot of teams, but the Leafs particularly do not do well down there.
0: Hmm. 27, 55, 8, and 3. Good stats, it guy. is. And if I'm not mistaken, though, uh, like, you know, a guy like Jack Campbell. That, that it's it'll still feel like a fairly new experience for him to go in that environment and i've said this all along that uh even though the flyers have tried to change their style the last few years man the, the people in the stands they're still intimidating they still they've inherited from their generations just still that feeling like we should be bigger and tougher than everybody else
1: i felt it in the american league going into philadelphia like-
0: there, there were days, there were games where I can honestly see guys scared going into that building. Yeah. And intimidated.
1: Wasn't it Philly flu? Wasn't that a thing?
0: Philly flu, Guy back aches, get, yeah, couldn't go after warm-up, and it was real. But they had some, God, they had some nasty guys. And we're talking about. Now it's like Joel Therabee. Half, half a dozen. <laughs> not,
2: not quite this Konechny one. kind of feels the. Like, he's not. He's a scorer, but he's kind of a rat. And he kind of. Big they love him there.
0: Hey, Cam Atkinson.
1: Yeah. You're, you know what? That fourth line, boy. Nate Thompson and Zach McEwen aren't there to, you know. You no, know,
2: he's been chucking them, too. Yeah. Uh, Thompson. He had a good tilt the other night. So I. I Alaska's per- up. I personally cannot stand the Philadelphia Flyers. That's a That's a team, that logo, some, you know. Some formidable years, uh, playoff trauma against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's it's always a team me, that I that's hate a facing. likable hockey call. I, I hate
0: facing them for sure. I, I signed my first them. professional contract with them, and to this day, I I still wish I played. Yeah, I got claimed off waivers by Washington before I was able to uh, play opening night for the Flyers, and you it's went to camp there one, a
1: number of times, right? Five
0: years. Yeah. One of my big, you know, disappointments was not first starting as a Philadelphia flyer you that is a that great well. sports town sammy oh yeah they love Grind- all of their Grind- athletes me. and the flyers are right
2: up there when they're winning there there are no there are not many buildings in the league that i would i'd be afraid to go into Wearing like a Leafs hat or a Leafs jersey, I don't think I'd do it there. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Like, I really don't think I would go to a Leafs Flyers game. I've heard some horror stories from friends that have done it, and like, it's yeah. it's intense, man. Like, it's a it's, it's, it's it. a real thing. It's a different thing. It's a different kind of place. So. Well, we
0: got we got Chris Terry coming up here uh, just on the other side of the break, and uh, he can, he can speak uh, all of that. He's covered the Flyers, played for the Flyers. He'll let us know if uh, if there's any chance of that that type of magic coming back because they've. They've had their challenges over the years. We've looked at that lineup. And, you know, Claude Giroux, who's off to a good start here, guys. Mm-hmm. But Le- maybe he's motivated. He's in the last year of his deal. He's been the captain there the last little while. Leaf killer.
1: Love Claude Giroux, too.
2: Leaf killer. 36 points in 37 career games against the Leafs. Claude uh, Giroux. Sports and stats he, over
0: here. Today. He is He's licking his chops tonight, don't you think? Oh,
1: oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking at the Leafs' D and going, who am I afraid of there?
0: No one. All right, we got Chris Terrien after the break here. We'll uh, we'll take a quick pause here, and we're right back at you. Real Kipper and born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We're back. Teeing up the Flyers and the Leafs tonight. Sportsnet. What is it? Wednesday night game of the week? Is that what we call it? Wednesday night hockey, buddy. And a very difficult place to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sammy, what was that record? Oh, we don't even know. Sammy's gone. He's in his bathtub again. He left. But it's not good. It's not good. Let's bring in uh, Chris Terrion, former Flyer defenseman. Snow the goalie, Flyers podcast. How's that going, Chris?
4: Good. I can be myself. I don't have to play any games for the corporate people. <laughs> exactly what you want.
0: It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. The key for Beautiful. me is to forget I'm corporate. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah I, I know, Kipper, I know, buddy. Hang in there, pal, hang in there. <laughs> we are, we are.
0: Hey, let me ask you something. We were just talking about Flyers and the tradition and how the Flyer fans still expect a little bit of their hockey. You guys traded for Zach McEwen. I, th- I saw him about a week and a half ago with a really healthy tilt against Luke Shen. Is there still a demand for that type of hockey, Chris?
4: Well, you you know, what's funny. It's a great question because, you know, I think, you know, and and again, you know, there's so many different factors that that play into the toughness of the NHL. And I think when we played Kepri, you had a whole group of guys that came in, and maybe not necessarily tough, but you got tough to some degree, right? Because everybody else kind of brought you into the fray. If you weren't, I was one of those guys. Um, but, but, but what I, but Chris, I'm, not, it, it, I'm not saying, a fighter like against a guy like Probert. I'm just saying now that but yeah. the game changed so much no, but, that the but, identity but, in Philadelphia it was unacceptable, I think, to people. Like that the game was like you don't want it to be looking like an ice capade in certain cities. And so when you bring a guy like McEwen in here or you have other guys that have physicality to them, I think the fans see that that as a messaging. Ed Snyder always wanted tough teams. I mean, you talk about you know the Leafs coming in here and having a rough go. The Philly flu was a real thing, right? in The late 80s, early 90s. Like, people really didn't want to come in here and they'd struggle. But I like it. I think there's an attitude that's, that's come with this organization and franchise since their birth in the late 60s and how they won their Stanley Cups. And I think it's, it's appropriate in a city like Philadelphia to have tough, hardworking teams.
1: Looking at uh, this Flyers team, I, I, I mean, they don't seem to necessarily be built that way, but they're winning a lot of hockey games. W- what do you make of this Philadelphia Flyers group?
4: I mean, they're winning a lot of uh, you know a lot of games early that uh, you know in the year that are, are low, tight scoring games. I mean, they're not scoring a lot. They've had a, a lot of trouble. I mean, I think you know other than the top line uh, with the you know with Kevin Hayes being on the lineup, wait for him to come in. I you know I think Broussard's line had a good start, good hop to it, but again, that's catching up. You know, when you're trying to fill in pieces, and uh, again, they, they've had they've had opportunistic goaltending. Martin Jones has been great early. He's gotten them a couple of huge wins, big points uh, on the road and I think that that's done a, he's done a great job from that standpoint. Carter Hart's done a good job, but I just think, guys, it's gonna, they're going to have to score more than one or two goals, two goals a game to win hockey games, and I'm sure they'll be tested tonight by another top, uh, you know, heavy, you know, front-loaded Toronto team with four guys that can hurt you at any given time. Flyers are a little bit like that right now, uh, and of course, they're missing Ryan Ellis, but they've been competitive guys to start the season, uh, and I think it's any team's goal to try to keep that momentum train going while you're hot. In years past,
0: we always assumed that when we thought about the Flyers, that was Claude Giroux's team. Now that he's yeah. going into his last year, it looks like he's still producing. It looks like he's he's happy. He looks like he's a threat out there. He's shooting the puck more, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but is it his team, or is it Sean Couturier's team
4: now? Yeah, I, I... I, I... Uh, you know, Kip, I've said this, and it's no disrespect to Claude, but this is a team under his captaincy that outside the first year when they went to the finals when he was just a young guy, a rookie or a second year, you know, this is a team that's gone made the playoffs out of the playoffs, made the playoffs out of it, in and out every other year. So that, to me, falls on leadership of it. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, listen, if Claude Girard player this year and the, the one that's been the at the forefront of all the action, well, then this team probably isn't going to be a playoff team. Uh, and it's certainly not going to be a Stanley Cup contender. That has to be filtered in as around the guys you just said. Sean Couturier, to me, is is the leader of this team now. You know, the younger version, uh, guy that uh, player, younger players are now ready to emulate. That's nothing against Claude Giroux. He's a good hockey player. I just don't think that at this stage of his career where he's at, that if he's the best player on a team, that that's conducive uh, for long term winning for for the club that he's on. I think that has to come from. The younger guys on the team now and the younger guys, meaning Katuri, even though it feels like he's been here forever, uh, you know, he's a huge part of this group. And somebody I think that the Flyers are uh, are, are going to probably anoint as the next kick captain when Giroud's not back. How
1: have the changes, the off-season changes the Flyers made panned out this season? I know the d added, I think, Ristolainen and Yandel, obviously, uh, Atkinson for Voracek. How have the, have the changes panned out so far?
4: Uh, good. Good. You know, I mean, I, I have nothing negative to say about them. I and mean, Marissa Lennon brings, uh, you know, an edge in. I, he does run around a little bit. I thought he had a great game against the Capitals last game, both him and Sandheim, I thought both had probably their best games of the season. Uh, Cam Atkinson, you know, that's a weird one for everybody. Because I'm thinking to myself, like, God, he's, had a, he's a great guy. He's come in here. He's had a good attitude. Uh, and then you traded him for a guy that hated Columbus, was essentially in many ways a malcontent Philadelphian Philadelphia and Voracek, who, by the way, I did like. You know? I mean, he was, he was great with me broadcasting over the years. Uh, but that was an odd trade. I'm thinking, what, what a strange one-for-one deal. But maybe they feel they have something, you know, uh, Columbus is looking or the Flyers are looking to make that trade maybe next year as both guys move down another year in their contract. So that's been a good move. Um and, and and getting some toughness. And even a guy like Nate Thompson back in the fray. The Flyers' penalty kill has been excellent as well this year. It's an improved uh, part from last year, guys. So there's been a lot of upgrades, a lot of good things early. There. Of course, they had a good start last year. So I think a lot of people are keeping their fingers crossed uh, rather than actually knowing the exact identity of who this team is right now. Because I don't think you're going to know that until you get, uh, you know, Kevin Hayes coming in, uh, a healthy hockey player, whether, you know, he's there mentally right now after the the, the awful um, end of the season that he's gone through with his brother. So there's a lot of unanswered questions, but certainly from the standpoint of the from the fans and the excitement, it's been a good start for the Flyers.
0: On the Leaf Blue line, they've got their, their most physical defenseman's muzzin, and he's been off and on this season Chris, if if I'm the Flyers right now, I'd be licking my chops going up, up against that blue line. Do you think that they try to uh, the Nate Thompsons of the world? Uh, you, you think they go out there with with Zach and try to run run around a little bit here?
4: I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, it's certainly. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get the buck back for a team and teams have had, a, you know, I know the Leafs were the least blue lines. I mean, it's not a bad core, but. We may as well get established a four check. And I think that's one thing, guys, that I've, I have seen more of this year. It's a little bit more of a blue collar approach. Uh, you know, too much skill sometimes, I think, gets in the way of the final result, to be honest with you. And and I say that because sometimes your bread and butter is just a good, hard four check, uh, straight lines. And I think in a lot of ways, the Flyers have had a combination of both this year. And that's why they've had the start they have. But, yeah, I mean, you got to get after these defensemen, especially those big guys that, uh, you know, that uh, maybe the tail end of their careers. But certainly a forecheck in getting after the defense is what the Flyers have done and certainly the message that they want to get across the league.
0: JB, too much
1: skill. Any team come to mind on that? Well, I can't think of any. No.
4: <laughs> too, many, too many cooks
0: in the
1: kitchen. So about that, about that when it pertains to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who is the focus of this show. You mentioned that when you started playing in Philadelphia, you were a guy that kind of... Uh, got tougher or learned to be tough enough to fit in with the culture of flyer hockey. How much of a stride can a player take in their career to get tougher? Is it possible for guys to grow into that role enough so that this Leafs team that's been skilled enough for years can find that little bit of playoff edge? You to got a get name them you can throw him? None, nope, nothing here. <laughs> not, not a Nick Ritchie. <laughs> All right, fine.
4: <laughs> you know, what? thought it's funny. It's funny you say that, though, guys, because, you know, like when I came up, like, you know, Kipper, I was in a locker room with like Craig Berube or Dave Brown, right? Or guys like yourselves. Like, if it's hard to not at least try to play the part when you got guys like their arms are hanging on their knees and they're ready to fight every single night. That doesn't mean everybody's going to be a fighter. But, it, it, you know, you were held accountable to be physical, to, to compete in the zone to win your battle. And that that's, I think, what I meant by toughness, the fray and how that game has changed differently before where, you know, 50-50 battles were so much of the game.
0: How, how tall are you, Chris? 6'5"? Six, 6'5". Five?
4: Six, five. Yeah, yeah. And, shrinking, and shrinking. No,
0: no, no, no. 6'6 yeah. six, six or 6'7 six, with Berube and Brown beside you. Maybe 6'8".
4: 8 <laughs> Hey, right? that's the way the game was, right? Yeah, 6'8", six, 6'9 six, with those guys riding shotgun. It was a good thing. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. One thing that the I think the Flyers may be kind of parallel to the Leafs is I don't think they're getting a ton of offense from the back end. Uh, Ryan Ellis, I I think he's been out of the lineup. I don't think he's playing tonight unless you tell me differently, but it's a challenge to get offense from the blue line there. I I know it's an issue with the Leafs.
4: Well, and and you know what too, when you have a guy that you've kind of penciled in and you know, he's going to miss his eight, uh, eight. I believe it's eight number game number eight in a row that he's missed. And, you know, dealing with whatever it is, you know, hearing possibly like a hip flexor, hamstring injury. And, uh, you know, again, just rumblings, guys. I remember Danny Breer had an injury like this going back like 12, 13 years ago when he first came here. And he actually came back before the injury healed. And I think he was limited to just 26 games that year. So I think the Flyers are trying to make sure that they – you know, that Ellis comes back if he does. When he does, that he gives himself his best chance to be healthy for the remainder of the year. But uh, it defense, it, 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 it is tough, guys. You know, that's why you get a guy who's so offensive from the back end, they're, you know, they, that they become uh, very, very dangerous for you on your power play, uh, even strength. And, um, you know, that's really, that's one of the issues that they had. They had some goals scored by a defenseman last year, and it's been a struggle early. And that's really one of the holes that Ryan Ellis was coming in here to plug power play and five-on-five five, offensively especially.
1: Chris, I look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team, and they've been good for, uh, you know, years now and just can't get over the hump. The Philadelphia Flyers, for they've been that team for me forever. Like, you know, very good teams. They make the playoffs a ton, and they just can't get over the hump. What's it like to be a part of a culture there where you're constantly pushing up against the ceiling and trying to break through?
4: Well, it's tough, right, because you don't... You know, you almost get caught in, in in, I don't want to say a loser's mindset, but, you you know, you get stuck in mud a little bit. Well, gee, you're out of the playoffs, then you make it, but you think you're good enough to win that round and then win another round? And, you know, I think when you're a Stanley Cup contender now, like you really know who you are as a group, I think you know going into the playoffs, that hey, I got a you know we got an opportunity to really win the Stanley Cup. I mean Tampa went in two in a row and they won. Uh, I think it's I think it's an uphill climb and I think the Flyers you know are, are not different than any other team like Toronto that they're trying to find some footing, but I think they're trying to find some highway that they're going to be comfortable on for a long time. And I think that's really been you know I think when you look at, at the way teams have longevity or how you have consistency in the league, you know it's built over your core and plugging pieces in around it. But I think for Philadelphia, that's been a struggle lately. And so I think that their identity uh, is something that they have to regain and find along the way with the new guys that they brought in while still being led by the same leadership group that's, you know, quite frankly been here and has not won more than a single round in nine years.
0: Got to ask you about Carter Hart, the heir apparent for Kerry Price for Team Canada. I, yeah. Do you think that the early success that he had actually has stunted his long-term development as a National Hockey League star?
4: Kipper, I'm so awful with goalies, buddy. Like, you know what? I think they should all stop everything, even if they were firing golf balls at them all night. Um, So I'm really a a tough one to judge goalies. But he he came in, he went eight in a row to start. Uh, you know, last year, I don't know if it was a COVID start. I know this year has been really, really good. And I, I, I know the Flyers wouldn't want to say it. Some fans won't admit to it. But they look like they've kind of hidden them from a couple of games. And I think that's a good thing. You know, why, you know, risk him getting, you know, getting shelled in a hockey game where he's, you know, been in before. I, I, I don't know, Kipper, to answer that question. I know one thing, though. Last year was the first time in his career that he'd ever had any kind of a hiccup at all. Um, so I don't, I don't know what this year will yield. He's had a good start, a very good start. Um, but again, I, I, I still sense a little shakiness about the group and maybe a little bit of, of them wondering what exactly uh, are we going to have this year? Is it going to be better? Uh, rather, you know, it looks sometimes like they're hoping everything goes good rather than knowing. And I think his first year and when he was, it came in early as a young goaltender, I think the team felt extremely confident uh, with him by, uh, between the pipes at that time.
0: Would you give any uh, credence to the fact that he, he lost trust in his blue line, that if he played a certain style that the back door wouldn't be covered? Did you get ever a sense of disconnect between him and the six guys who are supposed to be defending him?
4: I didn't necessarily. I mean, there was always mishaps and miscommunication. And now the way the teams are covering now, you know, they'll swarm one corner where sometimes there could be a loose guy open in the slot. I, you know, I, again, you know, I think a lot of the goals last year, and I'm going back to last year. I thought some of them were just flat-out awful. I mean, just bad goals the team got behind them early. Was it him? Was it the team? You know, And last year was almost like a perfect storm after the good start they had where he would be really good one game and then the team was awful and then they would be reciprocated the next night where the team would come out hot and Carter would give up like one or two bad ones. And it reverberated through the whole group. So, again, that's the consistency I think you need through the course of you know 82 games. And they did not have much of it last year, as a very inconsistent season, and a lot of it was befuddled because of the poor goaltending they had.
1: I gotta say, there's nothing more satisfying than listening to a defenseman say the goalie should stop everything. <laughs> I feel the same way as a forward. Goalies are to blame for everything. The uh, the one thing they I did, did want to <laughs> know. <laughs> so, how much of that though is the impact of defensemen? Like this season, Martin Jones got a 950 save percentage, and Hart's at a 926. Like. Is that Flyers' D-impact or just two guys coincidentally having
4: great runs at, a, at the same time? Yeah, you know what? That's a, that's a fair question. You know, I think Martin Jones has been excellent. Uh, you know, I mean, a couple pucks have hit him, but, you know, the pucks are supposed to hit you sometimes. So I think he's been really, really good. Uh, and Carter, you know, coming off the numbers he had last year as well, you know, I, I, I said the other day on Twitter, one of my said like, why is he not starting against the Capitals? Well, the Capitals a little bit banged up. And, you know, that's a game where I think that maybe they were kind of looking to keep him out because they played Arizona in the week. They played him against Arizona where maybe it could have played Jones. But I, I just think that, you know what, right now the way the team's playing, the goaltenders have been good. Those numbers are great. Uh, and again, I, I think a lot of it, they've had some really, really hot goaltending uh, between the two of them. But Jones certainly has been a surprise because I don't know if a lot, what a lot of people thought they were going to get from him. He's been excellent.
0: And someone that's... Clearly pushing him right now in in Carter yep. Hart. Where where is the uh, the demand from the Flyer fans this season to come out of the Metropolitan? Yeah, I'm looking at that uh, that division and it's going to go right down to the wire here. You can see oh, it already. Yeah. I, does does uh, does Fletcher have to make the playoffs here?
4: You know that's a tough one. Uh, I I would say so yeah i mean from from what i know this year uh the the, the word around you know and again these are the, the little things you hear as you the you know, nuances you hear through camp was that av had gone to chuck and given him a specific list of the guys he wanted here so if that's the case uh you know he, he did he and from what he said uh you know an av told people that these are this is what i wanted so chuck went out and got it so i think if that's the case uh You know, we'll find out as the year goes. But I think anything less than a playoff appearance, guys, uh, would be an utter disaster, to be honest with you. It would be be considered a horrible season if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, I think there are still some people that are waiting to see what the result will be. I'm one of the believers that I think the Flyers can make it if everything comes to fruition. Uh, but there are some people that do believe they're not not—they're still not good enough yet to, to make the playoffs. We'll see. I do agree with you both. I think it's going to be a crazy finish, uh, and I think you're going to have a bunch of teams hanging around that 7-8 spot, and it's going to come down to the last week.
0: Good. I hope that's the case because that's the only way it, it, it's real flyer hockey is that they expect yep. to win the Stanley Cup every year.
4: Every year, yep. I hey, agree.
0: Hey, Chris, thanks for doing this for us.
4: Guys, always a pleasure, man. Look forward to the game tonight. And we'll catch up again soon for sure. Thank All right. you. Thanks,
0: man. Thanks, Bundy. Chris Terrian, former NHL Flyers defenseman. Snow the Goalie is Great his name. Flyer podcast.
1: Great name. Uh, in looking up his uh, Elite Prospects page before we had him on, talking about teams that didn't break through. So he's on the Flyers from like 94, 95 until 2003. No, 2004. How about the playoff games? Played 15 playoff games, 12, 19, 18, 13. Like they just never total? Re- no, no, no. Every year. Every year yeah, he's What's was total. 104. Though?
0: 104 playoff games. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm thinking why I think I finished with thirty-six or thirty-eight playoff games. I'm like, Yeah. But <laughs> like a hundred. I see guys with a And, yeah. you know, I think what's the best? Uh, Messier's got to be the best. I think maybe two hundred and twelve, two hundred and twenty. 260. Actually, I think Claude Lemieux has the most.
1: Just googling uh it's like Chris Chelios? Chris Chelios, 266. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, Claude Lemieux's top five, though, right? He is I fifth, the 234. Okay. Yeah. Top five is Chelios, Lidstrom, Patrick Waugh. As a goalie. Uh, Mark Messier and Claude Lemieux. Scott Stevens, Guy Carbonal, Larry Robinson.
0: Those are some I, that's some serious mileage.
1: I love that
2: that list because it's just like, yeah it kind of coincides. If you've played the most playoff games, you're one of the best players of all time. That's just kind of how it works. I love that. Chelios at the top is pretty interesting, but like all those other yeah, names you said, are for... all of those names you said are just the best guys. I love that.
1: It is, you know, the, you think about the type of guys you win with, and I yeah. know that's a cliche No, but and it's whatever. True. Look at the guys you win with. Like it's like uh, top 20 includes, obviously there's the Gretzkys and all that, but it's Kevin Lowe and Larry Murphy and Mike Keenan, Brian Troche and Chris Draper and Glenn Anderson. Mm-hmm. and Larry. Like it's Geek Carbono. It's a type. Yeah, it it's is a, a type.
0: type. Yep, I love it. So we mentioned about the flyers with no Ryan Ellis there. They're, they're challenged to put the puck in the net. Uh, I don't think Provorov has a goal yet. Uh I think they've only got one actually that uh Want some fancy stats? J- uh, Justin Braun uh I think leads all defenders there with a, I think uh 7 points and and we just heard Chris Terry talk about him but you know when 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 you talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs uh Morgan Riley, no goals. Uh, you, you think he's going to start to push a little harder here? Something's got to give here. But some, somebody's going to have to step up on that, that blue line and provide. You think it's Sandin?
1: No, I think they're just going to score with four forwards all year. That's the plan. <laughs> I can't uh, forward I, score? <laughs> I swear.
0: They don't, they lose. Guys, guys it's, uh, it's, it's an issue here. You, you got to layer it up a little bit here.
1: It is very unlayered, it is a ranch home. Like, I mean, I don't know like if we can talk- once upon a time had
0: 20 goals in yeah. a season. Yeah. What's J. Career he, he may not. He may not be 15, a legitimate 15 goal uh, goal score anymore, but he's not a, a zero. For 10 this year. It's not a zero. Yeah. We'll go shoot
2: two in tonight and so, get back on pace. Uh, so TJ Brody, I mean, he's, his career high is 11, which seems hard to believe. But, like, he's always been single-digit guy. Does he Mazin scored with does, the
1: Leafs? He's got, got one. Right?
2: He got, he's got one last year, and he scored a massive playoff goal for them to tie it at three
0: in
1: yeah. game six
2: against the Habs.
1: Yeah, good
2: call. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, just not, so, that not that I remember. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, then we're going to have to ask Lilligren to jump up a little bit more, Sammy.
2: Well, he hasn't scored a goal in the NHL yet, has he? Has
1: he scored at any level? Um, this, I mean, this, I, I,
0: this is what we're down to. Yeah. Timothy, <laughs> can you they're score? Not, they're
1: not going to ask Timothy to do anything but what he's doing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is this is what you're getting right now. Best case scenario. Um, before we go to break, should we do my fancy stats stuff or should we do this at the end of the show? What, the flyers and the leaves? Do you, you want to hear? Well, let's do that end of the show. Let's okay, go to we'll break. save it and for so, the end of the show. I'm
2: just looking at Lilligren's stats here. Yeah, he yeah. does. Scored. He's got one helper. He doesn't score much.
1: No, that's never level. been his thing. That's fine.
2: But then what is I know, because <laughs> we. I, I love that we come in every day to have this pre-show meeting. We talk. We're like, so Grin. Yeah. what is it that yeah. he does? But we, he's playing great. Can't yeah. argue with that. No, oh, is he? He's playing. Well, not last game, but he's playing. He's playing. He, he's playing. He's playing. We know he's playing. <laughs> the one thing I do notice that he does well okay. is that he does. Take the puck through the neutral zone with some conviction.
1: He has and, and some he confidence. does have
0: some poise. Yeah. Yes. Right. He
1: looks confident right now. Moves it well in the offensive zone. He's not afraid yeah. to get swirling yeah. around up there by the blue line with Sandine. It's been great at that.
0: Just to wish he was played a little heavier.
2: That'll never happen. No. Sandine, I think it could. I think there's, no. he's. He's shown some some times where he's thrown the body a little wrong. bit.
1: you're not wrong. You're not wrong. He did. De- he will he absolutely throw at guys. Was it
2: Wheeler he laid out last year, or somebody he laid out when mm-hmm. it's like it was like a reverse hit and knocked yes, him out?
1: It
0: was Wheeler.
2: There's yeah. this
1: there's this like type of NHL defenseman that doesn't play hard or mean or physical, but once in a while just lights someone up. I actually think of PK Subban like that. Like Those, I don't think he's a hard hit or sorry a physical defenseman, but once in a while he just blows a guy up.
0: I saw a huge hit three on three last night, and I'm drawing a blank off of it. Mm. But that's hardly you ever see. The, uh, Those low center to grab. Maybe it was a Montreal a nightmare, yeah. LA game, but there was a big hit too. They're far and few now, boys.
1: Yeah, I love it. And,
0: but you got to get I'd... you got to get in people's way. But if
2: there is one now, there has to be a big fight, and it's like I, I don't know. I, I loved when there was a good open
0: ice hit here. It Doesn't have to be a big fight, but it's it is. Just...
2: It always is because it happens so rarely. It looks like such a spectacle, and then everybody's got to get yeah. the flippers off and get in there. Like it, it always
0: happens now. But maybe then you just. Make a guy think twice about taking another run at one, one of your players. Maybe maybe Leaf- it could actually work a little bit sometimes too. Yeah. What's the Leafs'
2: biggest hit this year? Can you think of a big hit? The one that Musen had on 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 uh, Athan. Oh, I can't ever say his name. Athanasio? Athanasio. Nailed it. Ten yeah. out of ten. Is that the biggest one of the year?
0: Like they never hit. Yeah, it was. But he's the one that's constantly going for it. Outside of that,
1: who's a big hitter on on the the team there? Well, no, just looking at the roster. It's not,
0: I mean, Simmons, Simmons tries to push hard on a four check. If he can get there, if he can get there in time, he'll, he'll finish a check. Yeah. But uh, that's why I look at the flyers right now. And a guy like Zach McEwen right now, Doug McLean will be happy. Maritimer.
1: You want him on the least four line, this fourth line? Would you want a guy like that? That just kind of fights and hits.
0: Uh, yeah, but I thought Gabriel was supposed to kind of come in and do that a little bit yeah, here. I just
1: need to be able to skate enough. But
0: do teams
2: hit as much? Like, is there a team that no. hits? Like, who is the league leader in hits? I don't know. There are hits Islanders, in the playoffs, Islanders, though.
1: always the Islanders.
2: There
0: yeah. are, the, the hits go up 30 or 40% sure. in the playoffs. No doubt. no doubt. And maybe they're just smarter now. It's like, what do I have to hit somebody in November? I don't want to get hurt. I'll just <laughs> wait till February and March, April.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. So, I'm uh, I'm taking to the the internet machine if you want to stay tuned on that Sammy. Yeah, you got it. Are we gonna
0: let's throw it to break because we got Brian Lawton coming up.
1: All right, all right. Ottawa Senators, New York Islanders, one, two, and hits in the league. And what's the number? They throw thirty point five hits per game. And what? Do, but you, look you, what at them, the like uh,
0: Clutterbuck, Sizikas. And Martin, and Martin, like, they, that, Lee, they hit every shift. Yeah. They Br- punish you. Brady Kachuk throws at least 10 of those a game. I'll have you know,
1: the Leafs are mid-pack. Really? Leafs are in the middle of the league there. At what number? Around 20. A game. Per per night. Really? Yeah. Uh, those hits are always, it's always in the eye of the beholder. It is a bad stat.
0: Yeah. They're like those uh, 1970 goal judges. They pace... Like old people Like $15 <laughs> To Free go Free tickets
1: And they're like Hey uh. right? do you
0: remember The gold judge I mean he's blind. <laughs> What a job,
1: With the red light. Really he awesome can job. barely he One guy he a button
0: you can barely See his hand How is he gonna see A putt going 100 miles I, an hour And they
1: put you Behind like the bar Of the I net I loved
2: the gold judge Cause then you could Have the chirp That the goalies Get in the oh. sunburn I always loved that so.
0: They were always Like older than dirt The <laughs> gold true. judges In the it's NHL true. When you were a kid oh, it's I got funny. bad
1: news for you about AHL off ice officials, but it ain't changed. <laughs>
2: it's, it's the same. <laughs> Who's the worst team in the league with hits? Do you have it still, or did you get rid of it?
1: Uh, the Columbus Buffalo have thrown the, the least hits in the NHL. At what number? Well, I'm toggled off per sixty, oh, so 150 you. for the year. Okay, it's not many. No, uh, the, the per game total is uh, under 15 hmm. for Columbus and Buffalo.